Titterpigs, the RPG podcast. Am I getting paid for this one? Alright, hey everybody, welcome back to Titter Pigs. This is episode 13, our first one post Gen Con. Absolutely. It's been a while. I mean, we did have our live segment with uh you know with our oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, with our friends uh, from Gen Con where we kind of like gave a synopsis of our trip and that that was a lot of fun. So go to the uh, Titter Pigs YouTube channel to check that out. For those who are await who were awaiting um, our kind of recap of the uh, Any Awards, you know, going over the the winners as far as our picks, you know, life happens, and uh, so that's kind of uh, run a little dry. And uh, so we're not going. We're just going to let that, uh, you know. Yeah, we missed the boat on that one. Exactly. Exactly. So, but. We are going to, you know, continue onwards with other to- subjects and topics and interviews that we have coming up. What's been new with the Titter Pigs? What's up with you, Keith? What have you been up to kind of since we had the little session with uh, with our mates from England and, uh, you know. Oh, my God. Two things with two things with Keith. Um, first, I still keep acquiring things post Gen Con. So yay me. <laughs> uh, I keep adding to my hoard of new books to read and review and things to run. Mm-hmm. Speaking of running, I've been running a couple of playtest se- play sessions mm-hmm. of a new Grindhouse scenario f- uh, that Alex Galat has run. So that's been fun. I forgot how much fun running playtest sessions is or is not. But hey, you know, it's you know, it comes with the territory when you when you uh, when you do play tests. So right. it is what it is, but that's always fun. But the, but hands down, the best thing is I'm gonna have to give a shout out to Magpie Games for their Wizard Kittens game. I bought Wizard Kittens mm-hmm. uh, on Debbie's recommendation, right. uh, one of our friends from England, and um, I've been playing it with my wife and my granddaughter, and that's been a hell of a lot of fun. So oh, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so that's that's what I've been up to. Cool. How about you? Uh, a few things, you know, like you, I've not really been doing a playtesting. I mean, I did join in on the playtesting with uh, with you and, and Alex's yeah, game. And, uh, you know, it was fun. I have notes. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I know you have notes. <laughs> not, not as much as uh, as the others did, but it, it still was a good time. And, and thus is, as you said, the way with playtesting. You know, there's, yeah. there's always going to be... Uh, notes. Um, very rare as a game. You know, that was magnificent. Never, don't change a thing from, you know, right, right out the door. We could do an entire episode on the value of playtesting. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, technically, it should just be us going, well, yeah, and then just end it. Because who, regardless of your opinion, playtesting is always going to be valuable. And anyone who thinks otherwise. Uh, uh, yeah. But anyways, so um, so a couple things. I'm just going to back this mic up a little bit because I think I'm a little bit loud here. But um, so, yeah, what have I been up to? So recently I downloaded the PDF for the um, Dragon Bane, the new, the new game from Free League, uh, the, the reissuing issuing of the uh, Swedish kind of version of Dungeons & Dragons. I mean, it's a fantasy role-playing game, but uh, definitely. Right, def- right. Yeah, I, I downloaded it too. Yep. And, and definitely a different take. Um and enjoyed it. The rule system is different, uh, not in a bad way. Uh, but I mean, it's nothing that anyone who merely has experience with, you know, D and D five E, let's say, couldn't, you know, read and get up and running within, you know, a few minutes. 
And but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, it's definitely deadlier than Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it, the the magic system and whatnot is is definitely a different take on everything. But I enjoy it, or I, I enjoyed it, and looking forward to when it comes out. But on top of that, uh, I have imposed a or I have self-imposed a giant task on my head for whatever reason. I have no freaking clue. Uh, so I thought it would be a good idea on the heels of the, you know, the RPG a day month that, that occurred, you know, once oh. a year last month, uh, you know, where people, you know, has a subject and they, you know, they throw a little hot take out there or some people make a video about that. it. Every August I hate it. It's well, I mean, it's interesting, uh, but, uh, it's a bit of a difficult thing because, you know, you, you don't always have something to say about the subject or you get busy. And so I thought, well, what would be easier than just simply recommending an RPG a day? So I decided to do that. But rather than just post a picture and say, hey, this is good because of a few words, I, right. I decided on my YouTube channel to to utilize the uh, YouTube short platform and, um, you know, make a little video about it and make it fun and enjoyable. And, uh, you know, just, you know, try to have a little, little bit of fun with it, not realizing that what I had imposed on myself was to make a little one minute video for the next 30 days or however, however many days there are in September. I just hit the seventh day and... Believe it or not, it's a lot harder to make a little tiny one minute video saying something uh-huh. really good about an RPG and also kind of keep it a little bit funny and entertaining. So, yeah. Because that one minute of video turns into about 15 minutes of post production. Well, or more. Well, not only that, but several minutes of pre production because, to be fair, well, there's that too. You know, you're, you're trying to prattle off as much as you can and as, and as quick as you can in such a small amount of time. And, you know, you get tongue tied. You'll you you'll 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 really screw up. You'll you'll fuck a word up. You'll skip over something. I've had to write down a script, you know, to read off because just off the top oh, of my God head. Help you, bro. So and, and and the format, at least you know the the application within YouTube and the YouTube Short is not that uh, kind. If you make a mistake, you can start over, but you can't you know move your uh, your videos around in its format as it is. You if you screw up. You kind of got to wipe the slate clean, start all over. Uh, so there's a lot of, you know, if you want to talk about bloopers, if I could, was able to save every one of them, it would be like, you know, and I'd like to rec- fuck. And I would like to, rec- <laughs> son of a bitch. I would like to, oh, God damn it. Yeah. And then, or or better yet. Oh, God help you. You know, about the tail end of something where it's, it's going to be perfect, a door opens or daddy or or something like that. So so you need a studio. You need a real studio. Yeah. Well. Can you convince your wife to move that electric car outside and turn the garage into a full full time studio? Can you convince the sun to come up at night instead of the moon? <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> I'm still working on that one. I'll let you know how it goes. So yeah, so that's that's kind of what I what I've been up to for the you know at least that's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's. I wish you luck in your last endeavor there. Yeah, uh, on Dragon Bane, I am very sad that I had to back out of the game at mm-hmm. the last minute. However, I was spending time with quality time with my granddaughter, yes. so that was awesome. And I got to play wizard kittens with her and the wife. Yes. So, you know, trade-offs. Yeah. I still got to play a game. Yeah. So that's that's really important. And so, yeah. um, well, let's see. How about one other thing before we move on to the main subject? Because, you sure, know. Yeah. Um, so what's one or two things that you've received in the mail recently? Ooh. Um, okay. Two things. Real fast. Mm-hmm. Judge Dread books from the sale okay so i bought all four of the judge dread books that are available at uh modifius's u.s warehouse mm-hmm. 
They were less than a tenner plus shipping. Right. I think it were $9 and change for the core book, uh, a scenario book, and two setting books uh, in their current sale. I mean, they are like pennies on the dollar kind of sale. So I bought all four. I don't even like Judge Dredd, but you know, it's a sale. And I was buying some for my buddy because he's a Judge Dredd fan. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why not? I'll I bought them. I'll check them out. It's the, what is it? The, uh, from Ian Publishing, yeah. uh, the, what is it? The Wone Engine. Wayne, what's, what's old is new. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Wayne, that's it. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. No. Eventually. And then the other thing I bought is, uh, that massive, um, Torchbearer 2 Game Master all in Kickstarter package, it's like a $160 package. Ooh. I got for a song and a dance off of, uh, off of an eBay auction group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a steal. Nice. So nice. I'm super happy for that one. That was like $81 or something. Ooh. Plus, oh, the shipping was actually reasonable, even though it came out of uh, Canada or Canada or whatever they call that place. Now, America's top hat. Now, for those who aren't for fami- our Canadian friends. Oh, yeah. For those who aren't familiar <laughs> with you know, the Torchbearer Second Edition Special Edition, Keith pretty much got a 50% discount on that. So that that is amazing. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Well, off of retail, I did. Right. But I think the original package on Kickstarter was like, what, 129 plus shipping? Yeah. Or 125. Currently, uh, retail is 160 mm-hmm. plus shipping. It's currently on sale for 150. Right. Uh, from Burning Wheel headquarters website plus shipping. And I got it for like $81 plus shipping. And the shipping, because it ended up coming out of Canada, probably cost me about five more dollars than it would have if I bought it in the U.S. Uh eh, Excellent. I can't complain. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. What about you? Well, uh, one or two things you got. Go. Speaking of getting something for a song and a dance, um, I did pick up probably one of the, I think currently maybe, but I mean, this is maybe if you're a Chaosium fan, but one of the most sought after uh, collectors, uh, you know, collector's games you know for your collection um and that is ring world uh the ring world box set i have not done an unboxing video of it yet uh, i'm going to do it you know hopefully here within the next few weeks dirty bastard and it came and it comes and it, i can't talk it came with the original dice so there's the old school dice in the set it, it's virtually uh unused and the only reason i got it was just by luck um, and I was just happened to be on eBay first thing in the morning and hopped on to, you know, ending soonest, you know, I'll look every once in a while and I'll sort by ending soonest. And, you know, if there's a couple things that are still in there, that 15 minutes left or whatever, and they're decent and no one's bought it, you know, snipe it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, uh, this happened to be on there and nobody, nobody had bidded on it. And I'm like, this is amazing. So then it was the starting price. Wow. It was the starting price. It was like uh, under a hundred dollars for the thing. And so I just, you know, I bid on it. And of course, and and I waited because those things, a lot of people, what they'll do is, you know, with the last 15 minutes left, all of a sudden, you know, 85 bids come in. So I'm like, well, if I don't get it, at least. Oh, yeah. Bam, 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 bam. So, yeah. So I'm not even. They come in a mile a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Not even going into a bidding war for this one. Uh, But just, you know, just do it on a lark. And then, you know, the last five seconds hit. And then it's like, congratulations. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. So, so that's how I felt with this thing with the (laughs) Torchbearer 2 stuff. Yeah. So there's that. And What's the other one, and uh, I don't have it yet. But uh, last weekend was uh, Strategicon. Um, I couldn't go, uh, but my friend who owns a game store was, you know, down there as he is, you know, at every Strategicon. And uh, I had asked his um, his girlfriend who who was there with him, would she mind going to the um, 
uh, the uh, flea market, which is essentially where people come in, you know, selling their used games and books and whatnot. The guy who was usually selling the the old school stuff was there, and uh, apparently he knows me because uh, in asking, you know, pricing for a couple of things that that he had, he's like, "Oh, I know him. He's my best customer." Uh, <laughs> so, um, so uh, she. At, she pulled out of the stack. Most nothing looked really that you know that neat. You know the price of freedom they had. Uh, he had a copy of um, of uh, you know Troll Pack, I think it was, but he was asking a ridiculous amount of money. But he had a copy of Elf Wars, uh, the supplement for Elf Quest. And I oh. and I asked her, well, how much is he? You're going to send that to me, nope. right? <laughs> sure. Um, it's 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 on its way. Um, but um, so I asked how much, and you know it was like, well, I think he's asking thirty bucks for him. I'll, take 25 and he took 25 for it um and so yeah wow. so that that will be coming to i complete my chaosium uh elf quest collection so i'm looking looking forward to that so yeah wow. so yeah that's nice those are some new things that i got that i'm excited for you know more as a collector than a gamer yeah yeah no but, good haul but, uh, good finds so good finds so yeah so i mean there we go. That's kind of what the Titter Pigs have been up to in a nutshell, other than just everyday, boring life stuff that we all deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. So what do you think? Should we get on to our main topic now? Let's do it. All right. We will see you over there. Here we are, main topic time. So Scott and I got a doozy one for you. We want to talk about what everybody else is talking about. We're going to take a little different angle. We want to talk about, Scott, what is it? Um, uh, Free League's Dragon? No, we're talking about, we're here to talk about 1D&D. Uh, we are writing the coattails of every other podcast and YouTuber out there. And, you know, thought that we would like to throw in our own, you know, uh, two cents on the whole thing. But uh, but I think we, we we're not going to have a uh, original take on it, but it might be a bit of a different take because, um, sure, we may touch on the playtest materials uh, briefly, uh, but we're here to more to talk about more the the overall impact of what, uh, you know, the path that Watsy and, you know, likewise, their parent company Hasbro are deciding to go with uh, the Dungeons & Dragons brand, you know, in the immediate, in the near future, and, you know, what it might do, you know, to not just its customer base, but, you know, the other, uh, you know, the the industry itself of uh, tabletop role-playing games and such. So why don't we go ahead and start uh, with, you know, well, let's, let's, Let's 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 talk about the bear in the room, though, um, or the gorilla in the room. It's, which one's the proper term, Keith? I always get that confused. Uh, I think it's called elephant in the room. Whatever circus animal. Let's talk. Let's talk about the zebra <laughs> in the room. All right. Uh, yes. Let's talk about that uh, chimpanzee. In so the room. let's 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 touch on the you know the play test. Um, I I did. Okay. Let's do it. You know, for those who you know follow me, you know, uh, you you've seen I did a couple you know tongue in cheek videos reviewing the play test material with my son and his friends. Uh, my, my son and his friends are, you know, age 15 or 14 to 15 years old. They uh, are part of a D&D club at their high school, which which now uh, after they did the rush for the rush for new members last week, there are over 100 members now. Holy shit. Right. It's it's absolutely <laughs> insane. I mean, they, oh they literally God. every other weekend, there's a variety of houses and other locations that are running D&D sessions of anywhere from five to eight people. 
it, wow. it's it's crazy. But that is impressive. That's awesome. I'm jealous. So yeah. Yeah, so if you want to get, you know, the a, you know, you know, next generation's opinion on what they think about it, check those videos out. Uh but uh look um, out for the crocodile. Yes, look out look out for the the well opinionated and articulated croc- crocodile. Uh but um Oh, let me just pull the PDF up here. So right. So l- mm-hmm. let me chime in real quick on the, on the play test. So go ahead. Keith hasn't read the play test. I'm not going to read the play test. I didn't do it when Pathfinder 2E was doing it. I didn't do it when D and D Next was doing theirs to right. to come up to fifth edition. I I'm okay with the idea of a public play test. People love being involved in it, mm-hmm. and and I'm all and and I'm all supportive of anybody that wants to be part of this public play test. Uh, however, you know we're we're not going to spend the bulk of this podcast episode talking about the the big changes because there are some big changes right uh in how D&D or uh one D&D 6th edition D&D whatever the f- you want to call it yeah right cuz they called it D&D next for over a year and then called it 5th edition so who the hell right. knows what we're going to call well, this in the end well keith we you do know we've been informed there are no more editions yeah i know what they said i watched the <laughs> video too uh, <coughs> i actually did my homework and watched the video uh, the day it came out, in fact. But I just want to say, though, yes, there are going to be changes, but they're going to be constant changes to the playtest right. packet. You know, we could talk about one thing about the playtest packet today, mm-hmm. and next week a new packet could be issued. Right. Even before we release this podcast, and everything we say right now is null and void. So that's why we don't want to talk about rules changes, right? Because they're going to be potentially null and void by the time this episode issues. Uh, in, in his release. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a couple, you know, things on there that, you know, have been making the rounds such as, you know, the, the current playtest rule of, you know, monsters in your game per the rules is written on this playtest no longer can crit on a roll. Uh, there's, there's the changes of the feats within the system. Uh, there's the addition of, you know, how inspiration is handled. Uh, there's changes in how how the dice are handled. You know, they, you know, what does a one mean as opposed to a twenty? You know, critical hits and and fumbles may or may not be officially part of the game, and so that's what a lot of people have been focusing on. And these are the yeah. people who who actively play D anD D. That's going to affect them or their or their table or other people that they're going to decide to play with. Not so much us per se. You know, because I like guess I we said, should preface all of this with that that kind of thing, right? Right. Yeah. Because I mean, Keith and I are not active 5e players. We do play 5e on occasion. Yep. I would say I run 5e for my son. I don't normally play 5e. Um, I have popped into a couple games that are based upon 5e, but I don't actively play within what I would call your standard Watsy Dungeons and Dragons 5e game. Correct. Uh, and I'm the same way. I will I will play a 5e game like a one shot or you know, a short story arc, or I might run something. I'm actually going to run something here that's a a third party five e thing uh, campaign mm-hmm. setting here for a, a short scenario uh, here in the very near future because I want to I want to see how it functions and plays and feels, but it's not vanilla Watsy stuff. Right. So, but it does use obviously Watsy's five e base mechanics. Right. But so I'm not an everyday player. Right. So, I mean, I, I guess generally speaking is just my opinion on the playtest as is. So if this had if this was published tomorrow as the core rule set, honestly, I don't 
think it would be something that I would enjoy. Uh, I think a lot of the changes to the mechanics of the game, I could care less about dwarves, elves, humans, whatever the case may be. You know, if you're going to mash tieflings together, if you're going to mash, you know, your, your, you know, your furry creatures with your Asimar, whatever that stuff may be, that doesn't, that, I don't care about that. Cause you know, you're, a game is a game. You can change all that, but the mechanics of the game and, and how they function and what people are going to adhere to, I personally feel it removes a lot of the potential for conflict within the game and the conflict resolution within the game, how it's managed and kind of makes it a little lackluster in my opinion and in, in, in how they're, they're going with that. It just kind of, can we get you know, even more lackluster than fifth edition? Well, I said that, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Keith's not a big, huge fan of fifth edition. Right. I mean, it's okay. Mechanically, it's okay. I just, I'm not a fan of Watsy's campaigns and scenarios they put out. I just find them a little lackluster. Oh, don't get That's a whole other episode we can talk about. But yeah, no. Yeah, I, that's I, for another yeah. day and another time. Yes. And a few more beers. But, uh, you know, some of the other changes, as as they are, are, are good, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I mean, on, on the whole, I am trying to figure out where it is they they want to go with the game itself, with with the rules, with with their not sixth edition. And I think there's a backlash. A, there's a backlash due to the last few books that they've put out. And I'm not talking about the the ranting and raving people who are screaming, you know, uh, go woke, go broke nonsense. I'm not talking about you know the the, the right wing assholes who are out there who just you know feel that Watsi is destroying the hobby. They're not. Uh, they're destroying D and D. They're not. But they're making changes to Five E where the Five E the Five E fans feel they're breaking their game. And there's a bit of backlash to that, which is evident with you know the D and D club at my son's school. You know there's there's 80 to 100 kids who a majority of them look at the the play test and they're already they the next generation of gamers who are going to be buying your stuff are going uh uh-uh, uh i don't like this 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 is this is this is this some of these changes are unnecessary the changes to the mechanics don't make sense and unfortunately though that generation doesn't have a voice because that is, that is true cuz it's their it's our money they're spending uh, right <clears throat> but keep in mind though in in the wider world you know, there is this um, idea, I, and I'm sure there's some scientific theory to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know what it's called. You know, you are comfortable with what you are comfortable with. So, you know, right. uh, they're comfortable in the case of your son and the, their, his D&D club, right? Those, those students mm-hmm. are comfortable with 5th edition D&D, right? Um, uh, so, well, yes. Okay. But in general, they're, they're comfortable with that version of the game. Uh, to a degree. To a degree, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pop in and say they're comfortable with it as a foundation. They themselves have have moved on to making some of their own rules and modifications, which is okay. kind of a natural progression. It is, yeah, um, absolutely. But the changes and modifications that they've made are not reflected uh, by the changes that Watsi is going. Okay, and fair, fair. So so yeah, so I mean yeah, they are they do like their five E as a foundation, just like someone like second edition or first edition or third edition or whatever as a foundation, right? But a but lot they got of people, their house rules. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But it's if you dy- if you dynamically change something that they fundamentally think is a sound principle, right? They're going to be resistant to that change. It doesn't matter if it's in their D and D, or if it's in the type of car that they like. If right. you dynamically change the way that the dashboard is oriented, like why why are we calling? miles per hour now kilometers that's dumb 
right? Yeah. They're they're going to be resistant to that change. Right. I see it every day in work because of the job that I have and who I work for, which we don't need to discuss. But mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of times we change for change's sake just because somebody wants to get promoted. Right. It's literally for change's sake, and it doesn't make any rational sense. Uh, but a lot of times it's people just going, why Why do we have to change? It's We've been doing it this way for, for a long time, and we like the way this is. Right. You know, so when there is change, when there is change happening, people people naturally get resistant to change, and I think that's a lot of what's happening. Think back to when Pathfinder uh, did their, you know, they had Pathfinder One E was bloated. The whole market was saturated with their oh, yeah. their their book of the day club. It wasn't <laughs> exactly. even a book of the month club. It was a book of the fucking day club, <laughs> right? You know, and right. all of a sudden they're like put the brakes on we're gonna have an open play test for a second edition and everybody went ape shit crazy right what do you mean we don't need a second edition and then you know half the world's like oh my god yes there's we're so bloated with first edition let's fix first edition and let's have the second edition you know you have 50 50 club here and now everybody's kind of like oh okay fifth or second edition is oh it's not so bad i just mm-hmm. keith still doesn't do pathfinder because i don't need a phd in mathematics to play Right. We had the same problem when we went from fourth edition to fifth edition. We're gonna mm-hmm. and, and people kind of acquiesced and accepted fifth edition. We're gonna have we're gonna see the same thing here. Mm-hmm. Whether we like it or not, we can call this a sixth edition, we can call this one D and D or Tiddlywinks D and don't care what the hell we call it in the end. Right. Or or no edition D and D, whatever it is, because they say everything's gonna be backwards compatible except you gotta buy a new monster yeah. manual, DMG, player's handbook. Well, um, that's that's the thing because <laughs> I think what a lot of them are asking for is, you know, a not necessarily, you know, they're not putting up a wall because of change, but like we want to know why, you know, there's a lot of these changes that are occurring that uh, I'm sure they may be in somewhere in the designer notes. But, you know, some of the ones where they're going, well, why does this need to be changed? Why are you changing this? You know, if something isn't broken, what's the point of this? And like you said, it very well could be just someone justifying their job. You know, someone. Well, their messaging right now is non-existent. Right. right. They need to look at other game companies mm-hmm. since we're since we're talking about sure. the, the mechanics right now. Right. Right. They, they need to look at somebody like Chaosium, who has their designer diaries. Right. Or uh, GMT Games, which is not even a not even a role playing game company. They're a um, they're a war game company and they do right. some some general like Euro style board games mm-hmm. from time to time. And they have a designer's diary uh, series that they publish either in their house organ magazine or through their website or their email newsletter that talks about their design theories and design decisions, you know, why they're doing what they're doing and, and what goes into it. Uh, right. But Chaosium's really good about that. Um, mm-hmm. Now it comes, it comes later in the, the development design and development cycle. Right. Um, but Chaosium's messaging right now, or sorry, not Chaosium, but D&D's messaging right now, Watsi's messaging, Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that video they put out the other day, right. what, two weeks ago, as of this recording, two and a half weeks ago, maybe, mm-hmm. has been non-existent. Right. And or minimal. That, yeah. Uh, what's I that? mean, I said, or minimal, or just, you know, the, the occasional, yeah. like, you know, tweet of like, you know, don't worry, everything's going to be okay kind of tweet, you know. Oh, that kind yeah. Of, yeah. But I mean, that's that's not that's not Keep calm and carry on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, their, their messaging is... They're not doing themselves any favors in, mm-hmm. in conveying in terms of their their platform messaging 
of why we need a new edition. I'm not saying we we do or we don't. I'm not advocating one side or the other here with that we do right. or we don't need a new edition. There are things right. that I don't like about fifth edition. Uh-huh. There are things that I do like about fifth edition. Right. Um, but does it warrant a new edition? I I don't know. Right. Exactly. So you you said a key word there, which which I think might kind of roll us into another s- subject, okay. you know, steering away from the mechanics, but yeah. it kind of does, in a sense, backwards compatibility. You know, that's one of the mm-hmm. things that they touched upon in their, their video. Hey, all of you 5e fans, don't worry. All of your stuff, all of those hundreds of dollars of books that, you, that you've bought over the years, you know, the years of, of subscription that you've paid to D&D Beyond, all those characters that you spent meticulous amount of time creating the 855 pages of backstory that, that you that you wrote <laughs> are going to be backwards compatible. Don't worry about it. But, you know, and I know this is going to sound a bit dumb, but backwards compatibility doesn't necessarily mean forwards compatibility. Will my 5e stuff function with the one D&D bond or one one D&D one one D&D beyond? Well, there you go. It's the whole thing. The one D&D, D&D stuff that you're eventually going to create or is it going to be behind a some sort of paywall? Or is it going to be, you know, is it going to require me to do some heavy lifting? Yeah, I could take the the kind of comfort, comforting hug of saying, don't worry, it's going to be backwards compatible. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to fit like a glove. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't and, think so. Um, right. And I, God, how do, where do I go with this? Um, <laughs> you know, so Call of Cthulhu is backwards compatible, but, you know, older material is back, you know, is forward mm-hmm. compatible with the new edition, but it does. You have to multiply stats by five to convert it to the new right. mechanical standard. That that's right. easy. Mm-hmm. Is there going to? Because that's really all there is for the conversion. And some some older stats don't exist. Uh, older skills don't exist, and so on right. and so forth. But it's right. very very minimal. It's super easy to convert that that stuff on the fly. Right. But I don't know. We don't know what we don't know right now because mm-hmm. this thing is only a few weeks out the gate. As far as playtest material and subject to lots of changes, right. so that being said, is Curse of Strahd or uh, Radiant Citadel or Spelljammer or any of these other things, um, Stormcloud, what is it, Storm Giants or whatever, mm-hmm. are, are these things going to function as written or 1D&D, are they going to require work and prep, mm-hmm. heavy lifting on the part of the, the, the Dungeon Master to make it work? Right. Hence, backwards, forwards, compatibility. Right. Or can you do it on the fly like you can with Call of Cthulhu? I don't right. know. Or we have a conversion for you. You know, for $15 a month to D&D Beyond, you can log on and, and get that <laughs> conversion. Uh, so so I think that kind of rolls into, you know, another, you know, another Let, thing. Let's we talk could, about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the right. D&D Beyond thing, because right. I have lots of hate for D&D Beyond. Right. So... So Watsy bought D and D Beyond, and that's not doesn't come as a as a bit of surprise uh, nope. at all. And so, but with that, you know, comes a, comes some changes and some announcements after the acquisition of D and D Beyond and their announcement of One D and D. And some of those changes are a bit head scratchy because people start asking, well, for those of us who you know do you know enjoy playing either a physically at a table, we will get into the VTT stuff later but for those of us who enjoy books you know pens and papers and dice you know and we want to play physically at the table with our physical stuff and not have to worry about 
you know, having an iPad or a laptop there, unless we just want to reference something rather quickly, it sounds like your attention is going to be towards those who are paying you a monthly subscription and future projects or, you know, um, supplements are only going to be acquired if we either A, subscribe to it, or we're going to have to purchase it extra digitally and amongst other things. And that got a lot of people worried, it seems. Um, is, is that kind of how you yeah. took it? I, I took it similarly. I think the jury's still out on that one. Right. Um, because we just don't know what what the future looks like. Um, I do know from watching the video and what I, what I heard, mm-hmm. you know, so in the future... When you buy a book, a physical book from one D for one D and D, right? Uh, and you want that physical paper book, which is would be my preference. If you're willing to pay an upcharge, uh, I think it was like nine ninety nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can get the digital version now. Finally, that that is now becoming an option right. for a small fee. Small, right? I still think it's bloated. Uh, nine ninety nine or whatever, nine dollars ninety cent or something like that uh, right. to get it up to like one or two weeks early. I think it was one week earlier mm-hmm. in advance, like if you pre-ordered it basically right. through D&D Beyond. Right. That's, I see that as a, not a terrible thing because at least if you're buying the the, the physical book mm-hmm. and you want to have the digital book, you're not having to pay the full, you know, double cost, $50 again, or right. wait for a sale and get it for $30. You right. know, you're... You're able to get it for a tenner now, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's not so bad. However, I got a feeling they're they're shifting their business model more. Like you, you're you're theorizing, you know, right? Mm-hmm. You're speculating more towards that digital platform subscription spend, base. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they spend a lot of money to acquire it, mm-hmm. millions of dollars to acquire it. Mm-hmm. They're going to get their damn money back out of it and make a profit. Right. They're not going to. It's not going to be a loss leader for them. Right. Because so what I'm scared of is that for the friendly local gaming stores, the volume of physical books available through distribution will slowly start to draw down in favor of pushing people towards the digital books. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm fearful of. Right. Th- that and also the 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 acquisition you're talking about the um you know if the digital you know companion towards the physical book. My understanding is that can only be done if you purchase it. You know through Watsi. Correct. Not, so if you go and buy the the book, I mean the physical books are still going to be around for some time. But if you go mm-hmm. and buy a physical book, you know from their new edition, you do not get access to it. Um, now that's the way I took it. If I go buy it from my local gaming store, who's a Watsy premier store because they do the magic and whatever they get the, Mm -hmm. you know, the limited edition covers and all of that. Right. I wouldn't be able to, at least from what I saw, heard in the video, at least initially, there's no caveat for, for those that go support the local gaming stores to get a digital version. Right. Now that may tenor. Now that may change because that did put a lot of people right. up up in arms. But Watsy, as you said, they they're being a bit mum on the issue, and there, there's a lot of legitimate concern out there that you know it really should be addressed. Not when it comes out in 2023 or 2024, but there's a lot of people that are going to be sweating. Um, and, and and like with anything, the longer you stay silent, the more people are going to speculate, and people are going to start dropping off too. Um, yeah. and, you know, it's like why. This is not the business model that, you know, I'm comfortable with. And it's also predicated by the vultures of a similar uh, business model, which is, you know, the online gaming business model. You know, a lot of the subscription based stuff, 
a lot of the loot boxes, the pay-to-win games, you know, all, all of these things that uh, are generally designed to, you know, allow those who, you know, want, who have access to extra funds, uh, they have access to premium content that, generally speaking, should be part of the game itself. It shouldn't be tiered off and, you know, put behind a paywall uh, for those who can't afford it. And that's another thing that people are kind of speculating about that Watsi's going to do. I I buy, you know, Curse of Strahd 2, right? And I just, you know, I get the book. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't subscribe to D&D Beyond, so I just get the book. And there's like, you know, fantastic. And so there's, you know, you play the game, you're having fun, and then your players here, you know, hey, guess what? They're coming out with, you know, some additional content for it. Great. When is it coming out? Oh, it's not. It's only for sale on D&D Beyond. Well, I don't want to subscribe to D&D Beyond. Well, we want to we want to play that extra content. Well, I don't, you know, and the players don't subscribe to it. And so it kind of creates right. it creates this this odd scenario. You could get some animosity right. from your between players and game masters if that does end up being the case, which right. we don't know that it will. Right. I can see that being the case with their virtual tabletop. Well, that's another and microtransactions. Uh, that that's another cheetah in the room. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> I prefer to call them groundhogs. So, yeah. so one of the most solid bits of information out there that there's really no speculating about is the virtual tabletop. Now I know what they, what they provided and they showed generally speaking a work in progress. We all know anything virtual when it comes to video games or whatnot, you know, any presentation can change at a moment's notice and the, the end yeah. product could look differently and function differently and all that. But the big thing about it is one, it's, it's, being it's being written in the um oh god the uh, unreal unreal engine five and you know for those who aren't aware of that that's a beefy requirement for people who just have common every place computers you know the the functionality people have from just running a browser-based program from um uh from like roll 20 or even you know some people who you know are running things such as uh uh, fantasy grounds uh unity and foundry don't even come close to the graphic requirements of what that's going to have, but then that that opens up another area of speculation of like, okay, wait a minute. So now I'm going to have to pay a subscription to D and D Beyond if I want to. You know, there's the freebie, but you know, anyone who's going to start you know accumulating stuff and uses it, you know, a lot, you know, they they have some sort of subscription of sorts. Um, sure, you can I can share my material with people who have you know a similar account and whatnot, but still you're paying out of pocket. Uh, is there going to be you know extra materials that I'm going to be paying extra cash for for that? But now I'm going to, my players want to play on this virtual tabletop, and so now I'm going to have to start building this engine, buying modules for that, and or or rebuying modules. But then I'm going to have to buy content for that too if I want to start creating something my own. And at the end of the day, all that time that I put into creating this adventure isn't mine. You know, the moment that it's I... It's not portable outside of that platform. No. And and the moment I cancel my subscription, it's not mine anymore. All that money I put in, the moment that I don't really want to play online anymore or something else happens, it's gone. You don't have yeah. access to it anymore. I've got access to my books, but all this virtual content that you're, you, you know, that you kind of are paying a you know a dollar here, fifteen dollars there, thirteen dollars there, all adds up over time. And in a blink of an eye it can go away and you there's nothing, absolutely nothing you you can do about it. And so yeah. that that's what a lot of other people are kind of like Well what happens if um D D Beyond, what if Watsy decides five years from now, we're gonna shut down D D Beyond. What happens if they just say, fuck it. We're we're done with it. It's a failed business model for us. 
we're going to shut it down. Well, Keith, didn't you read that 85 page uh, agreement? You know, that you checked at the bottom of the box before you signed up for it. It's all uh, in there. Nope, because I didn't sign up for it. <laughs> no, I'm saying. When <laughs> so you, I don't give a shit if I'm they so, shut down. But I mean, I'm saying when you do, or for those who have, and, and you know, nobody reads that shit. I, no. I'm, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Uh, and, and most people kind of have a general idea about that. But, you know, it's, it's the same with, you know, all of the. the sure. No, the, no, I, mm-hmm. I know where you're going. Yeah. But, yeah. but my, point, my point was going to be, if, I have, if I've bought every D&D book to date that they've released digitally through that platform. Right. And I've only have them digitally and they shut that platform down tomorrow. Right. And I have and they've offered me no way to extract those books even as a PDF, mm-hmm. I have lost hundreds of dollars right. to the tune of over a thousand dollars that I have nothing to show for. Right, right. Why do you think Keith buys Dead Tree books? Right. I can at least sell those sons of bitches. Right. And, <laughs> you know, and, and I can tr- attempt to recoup my money. They still have value. Right. And which the companies who provide physical books and likewise PDFs for it, you still have your product regardless. I mean, if my house burns down tomorrow, you know, and nothing happens to my computer. At the very least, all those PDFs that I have that were associated with those books that I bought, I still have the content, or I've saved it to the cloud. Yes. Um, but and like you said, if I don't own the physical books and I've gone 100% digital, and something tragic or something changes, you know, right. that they have every right to do within the uh, disclosure agreement that you checked off and didn't read when you signed up. Yep, um, it's gone, and and most people, you know, deep down inside realize that, but they just the you know, they don't think about that it. That gut wrenching feeling if and when it ever does happen. Right. It's horrible. Right. <laughs> yeah. And but on top of that, you know, they're still following I think they're the only one who generally speaking still do, doesn't follow what is the functioning model of most of the industry, and that's we have PDFs to a to a company or physical books, not a digital behind a paywall. You know that you can only access through your. You know if you sign up through us, and you know, right. and there's reasons for that that I won't speculate speculate upon. But for me, whatever the reason they have is not acceptable. There's no reason why that you can't have yeah. a PDF of any of the Dungeon Dragon books through a bricks bricks and mortar program, just like everyone else. None uh, other than the right. other than the fact I mean, that they want you to pay them to access the digital content and they have, con- and they have control right. over it. So that so. is, uh, I'm in agreement so, with that. Yeah. That is definitely the, the so, leader in the yeah. room. So there's, there's a lot of corporate mumbo jumbo going on here. There, there's a lot of things that uh, people are willing to kind of like overlook, I guess, or may, might be, and this may be a bad term, but maybe willfully ignorant of, or just generally ignorant of and could care less. That makes up a lot of the core market of you know of D and D I suppose is it going to impact others within the industry you know this this model that they're going to is it going to have a negative impact is it maybe will it have a positive impact on, on you know this direction that they potentially could be going towards God I mean that's you know that, that those are that's mm-hmm. a fair question both sides of it is are, are fair to ask I mean I, I think I mean well let's look at the the local right. game stores right you and I both have have a close friend who owns owns uh-huh. a local game store. So thinking of our friends who own game stores, <laughs> I mean, what what's the impact of if the shift is, let's just say hypothetically, right. a shift does happen away from not all, because I don't think all digital or all physical books will go away. I oh, don't think that's no, ever going to no. happen. I, I do think there will be a some shift away from, from it to some extent. How much? Probably mm-hmm. not much. I think they want to drive more and more people 
to the digital platform. If that means buying the physical book direct from mm-hmm. Watsy, and then for a small upcharge, they get the full price from the of the direct right. sale. They don't have to pay a middleman because they're getting the full price direct from right. the consumer and the upcharge for the digital. Then they just they cut out the, the right. local gaming store, which we've seen happen to a degree with the Amazon pricing. You know why? Right. Well, I mean, we see it when uh when it doesn't matter who it is, mm-hmm. Modifius, right. Cubicle Seven, uh, Chaosium, all all the big players, all the small right. players, indie indie publishers. Doesn't matter who they are. And nobody's right. exempt from that from this next statement. Whenever whenever a game company puts a game up for pre order or initial offering, and you order direct from them, and there's some little incentive, whether it's a sticker, a bookmark, uh an extra PDF, uh, a pre-order incentive or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and you order direct from them, they are getting full profit and they're not losing any kind of profit margin by having to go through a distributor or deal with Amazon or any of those other big you know, distribution right. points. Right. That could have a direct impact, most likely negatively, but if there is some retailer incentive for those books to be bought at a retailer... And then the there's a coupon code in the book or something to get the digital through um, D&D Beyond. I don't know. That's That right. has not been mentioned, and so who knows? It, it depends. I would like to see sure. it go that way. It, it depends. It, it depends on how many people make a stink about the situation because, you know, let, let, let's be honest. Everybody right. make a stink because we need to keep those local Absolutely. game stores in business. Because, like, let's be honest. For, for Without them, Watsy can go fuck mm-hmm. off. Well, yeah, but... For every person who says, you know, I only buy from a friendly local game store, there's another person who says that, but they don't. Because, you know, why go out and spend 50 bucks when I can get it for 25 bucks online? I mean, and that's, and I get it. I get it. I mean, it's not your job to keep a business afloat, but if you can and you can, you can afford it, that's where you should be doing your business uh, without question. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. do I buy everything from my, my two local no. game stores? No. Do I make it a point to go there, to go to each of them periodically and buy something? Yeah. Absolutely. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, the, so uh, I mean, the impact also of the D and D beyond and the virtual tabletop, uh, you know, offering is going to have an impact on the virtual tabletops that we use, you know, the roll 20 foundry, uh, you know, fantasy grounds, all of which, if I'm not mistaken, do provide licensed products from Watsi through, you know, their platform. And they've got to be sweating right now a bit because, you know, what, yeah, I would imagine where's the incentive other than just, you know, adding a few couple coins to the giant pile of money for them to still provide them with the license to do something that they exclusively want, you know, the your customers money for you know they don't so here's the incentive okay. as i see it because they're licensees they are they are giving watsy a yeah. cut so i don't think watsy gives two shits on how they get the funds mm-hmm. right right so if you and i want to play curse of strahd through roll 20 or fantasy grounds or right. what have you one of us with a license goes and buys the mm-hmm. module Watsy's right, going to get a cut. So it doesn't, I don't think it matters to Watsy what platform we play Curse of Strahd mm-hmm. on. They're going to get their cut when we sure. buy that module. So I, I think in the long run, I don't think it's going to have an impact okay. on that because they're right. not going to care. Um, but cl- customer base, though. Because, oh, well, I, I. Oh, no, I was going to say it may not have an impact on their licensing of their products anymore. They'll still let them, you know, sell their products, but the potential loss of customers. You know, why, why should I use Roll20 when Watsy has the new shiny? 
Uh, my com- well, when they realize that the new shiny can't run well, on their computer, that's, that's not it. That's not everybody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, that's that's the other thing. But but still, if your if your computer could run it, and all I and I have this wonderful you know 3D dynamic lighting stuff, shit that I don't even need to set up. I just have to buy you know certain things. You know, point and click, drop it in, and I'm good to go. Um, I don't have to worry about all of the the middle management aspect. Yeah, till till everybody realizes that you have to ha- you even the not even the mm-hmm. server, every client connecting mm-hmm. to it, whether it's a like oh my god, fantasy grounds, right? Because it's client server based, right? Same with uh, foundries, right. client server based, right? But roll twenty is right. web based, so what whether it's client server based or web based, but if you yourself have to have a machine that can run a graphic intensive 3d mm-hmm. environment to do to generate the visuals that it showed us in that video assuming that right. it looks like that holy shit you know that i mean that's a three to four thousand yeah. dollar machine at, yeah. in today's prices because everything's still so expensive i'm not going to sack this machine even though i should because it's old i'm not going to go spend three or four thousand dollars on a machine you know how many you know how many game books i can buy for that and how much more yeah. fun I can have than to buy a machine just to play yeah. D&D? No, thank hey, you. Welcome to not being the target uh, demographic, though. Uh, <laughs> I am not the target. Uh, you know what? We could have said that up front. No, we are no, not no. The target yeah, absolutely. Demographic Without question. I mean, we we are we're, we're having opinions on, you know, what the big story is. But we both. Hey, get off my lawn, you little we bastard. We don't fool ourselves one iota. We know no. we're not the target uh, demographic for, for what it no. is we're going to, going for. But as mentioned earlier, they need to make note because their target demographic currently, they're eventually going to move on and their next target demographic, i.e. my son and his friends. Who are fixing to get their first jobs and start and spending their own they're money. not happy. I mean, let's, let's be honest. You know, a lot of the they're they're not happy of the direction that it's going. And and if they're going to ignore that, uh, which they've done in the past, I mean, they, they've they've definitely done that in the past. I mean, let's. Their their last few D and D little get together sessions, you know, were generally set for the twenty one and over crowd. You know, their 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 little get togethers they've had a couple years ago, you know, to announce new products and whatnot. They, oh my so, god, yeah. But what they will be, you know, uh, card carrying members of the workforce, and they will have money to spend, and they may not want to because you know you didn't listen to them. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, they'll have to pay that price. I mean, so yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll have to see what now. Let let's kind of bring okay. this all back to kind of where we right. were at the beginning because we're getting long mm-hmm. in the tooth here. But we don't know what right. we don't know. We there there's just a lot we don't know. Yes, the packet has been dropped. The first of the playtest packets right. has been dropped. Right, the unearthed Arcana packet. We've seen one video, and they haven't. They've been mum is the word pretty much, other than a few random right. rando tweets. So we just don't know a lot. Like we don't know what they're messaging is it's mm-hmm. non-existent we don't know who their target demographic is they have all over said, the place yeah you know because yeah i mean i mean it really could be all over the place you know we don't know why they want to make these changes because they're not mm-hmm. messaging that just that oh we want right. to make some changes you know and you're going to have to buy three new books at least if you're a player at least one mm-hmm. new book you know, and I get that they want to overhaul. What is it? Um, was it Perkins said? Was it Perkins who said they wanted to overhaul the D- the DMG needed an overhaul to make it more usable? 
which that's, I don't disagree. The The current DMG that's true. sucks. That's true. I swear I stand by that, that the DMG sucks yeah. and it needs an overhaul. So if you got to overhaul one book and if you're going to make minor mechanical mm-hmm. tweaks to it, you know, does that spread across the, the monster manual and the player's handbook? I mean, and that may be what's driving some of this stuff. I, I just yeah. don't know. But again, their messaging no. is not. And that's, that's a problem. I mean, that that's a big problem. I mean, you a lot of the changes that they've announced seems disconnected and vapid to a certain degree. It's almost like, look at this wonderful yeah. stuff. Aren't we awesome? We are so awesome. Um, boop. And then, you know, pressing the stop record button and, yeah. you know, putting a uh, out of town messaging on their emails. They need to be telling, they need to be messaging like retailers. How is this, how is this new product going to impact them right. favorably? Is is there drive to push people to a mm-hmm. digital product? If it is, how is that going to impact retailers? Is it going to change the quantity of books available in right. distribution? Is it going to increase, decrease? Are consumers going to be able to get a code to get mm-hmm. the digital book if they buy from their retailer, their right. local retailer, yeah. you know, versus buying from Amazon? Does that incentivize to go to the retailer versus buy from mm-hmm. Amazon? You know, I mean, it's just so they got, they got, yeah, to do it's some just, I don't know. It, I think on a whole, the, you know, my interpretation of it is not necessarily they're making the wrong choices or making wrong decisions. It just seems their their focus on it is a bit narrow. You know, I just like you said, there's just sure, there's no clear identification of who they're doing what for. You know, because it bounces all over the place between the changes and the playtest, between the direction they're going with yeah. with their virtual content, between what they're proposing is might be happening in in the near future or may not be happening, and you know, and the, these 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 aren't you know. 15,000 fans of a product. I mean, these, these are, you know, millions of people who, some of which will just do whatever you say, you know, some of them are getting a little bit older and their needs or wants are changing. And then the next generation have their own needs or wants, but it seems they're just, they're just kind of focusing on the moment and not really, you know, addressing it in the long term. Um, so yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. So, 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 yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of uh, a couple of old guys' opinions on, uh, on you know, what... Uh... <laughs> God, we are those yeah. guys now, aren't we? Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what do you guys think? I mean, I, I know there's been so many people, you know, th- tossing out their 10 cents, and I've seen ridiculous videos, I've seen some well-thought videos, but, uh, you know, the, the, to the listeners of Titterpigs, what do you guys think? You know, so... You know, send us a voice message, send us, send us an email, um, you know, hop on our, you know, our Twitter, you know, tell us that we're completely wrong in everything that we say and we should stop breathing right now. Or, you know, tell us that, you know, you may agree with some of the things that we've said or we don't uh, and tell us why or just tell us you wholeheartedly agree um, and we will definitely, you know, reward you uh, in kind. Uh, yes, we are not above bribing people. Uh, to listen to our podcast. So, um, <laughs> Scott will right, totally exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so there we are. So, well, I, I think you know we, we we've you know prattled on enough about this. So, what what do you say we run a, run uh, over to our next segment and just uh, you know say a
right. Uh, we are going to wrap up this episode. Yeah, Scott. I mean, that was a good chat on 1D&D, 6E, whatever the heck they're going to call it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeesh. It, it feels Ooh. good. I feel like I've been, you know, we've, it's been a while, so I haven't, we haven't had a moment to stretch our podcasting brain and have a, have a discussion. I know. It feels good to be back in the studio, man. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, stretch out the muscles. It's, it's a bit of an exercise. It's kind of like, you know, it it's kind of like lifting weights and you haven't done it for so long that you, you, you put too much on and you're kind of struggling a little bit. To I know. I was in you the know. gym today. I was struggling. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, no. It, this it, is a good workout. It, it, yeah, it's a good workout. And hopefully it, it comes off as as such and not just us breathing. We are officially two old guys now. Get off my lawn. I know. So. <laughs> no, this was, a, this was a good, it was a good chat. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, I think talking about it was, uh, it was good to get some of those pent up points off of our, off of our chest. Mm-hmm. I, I feel a little, I feel a little better. Right. A little cathartic exercise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do we have, what do we have coming up in the future for Oh my God, days? we got a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we have? Uh, we are going to bring on Pat Mooney from, um, from uh, Flagbearer Games to talk about uh, nations and cannons. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of 5e <laughs> uh, and D&D, uh, they have uh, created a uh, fifth edition campaign setting. So we're going to bring Pat Mooney on to talk about his campaign setting. Mm-hmm. Don't know if it's just going to be him or some of the other design team, but at least Pat Mooney. Mm-hmm. I think we uh, managed to arrange uh, to get Kenneth Hyde on. Yes, yes. That uh, that was one of um, Scott's um, yeah. finaglings. Yes. I, I, you know, I, I've, the, the, the one time I, I'm actually being rewarded for having a bit too much rum and getting snarky on Twitter. So, hey, yeah. sometimes sometimes those things work out. Um, and uh, subject-wise, you know, I think one of the things that we're going to touch base on also, aside from having guests, is player etiquette uh, and, and how to be a good yes. player. There, there's a lot of stuff out there of, you know, uh, you know, DM responsibility, DM this, GM that. You know, but I don't think there's enough people who kind of turn the mirror on themselves and, and, and say, am I a good player? Am I treating those around me? And likewise, this wonderful, wonderful person who's taken the time out of their busy life to entertain me and, you know, and dance when I say dance. Uh, so yeah, we'll be touching base on that hopefully in the near yep. future. Uh, and we've got a few other a few other cards up our sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we're still kind of putting some final ink on on the little on the little bits to kind of work out some final details so we're not gonna we're not gonna divulge those quite yet uh whether they be people or topics but we are we are working a few things because i have no idea what you're talking about but go on <laughs> <laughs> nope but i do excellent um but we're we're working a few you know we got a few other irons in the fire yes. so we are um working a few things yeah. uh for your listening pleasure All right um yeah. do uh when you get the chance if you could listeners uh if you can go over to anchor.fm slash titterpigs and um, we have that message button smash that button leave us a voicemail Uh, just remember it's in like 60 second increments but if you'd like to have us or tell us a topic you'd like us to talk about, mm-hmm. you can leave us a message there. Whatever you want us to talk about, uh, we're happy to entertain people you'd like to hear us interview, right. um, bring on the show as guests, topics you'd like us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Or if you'd just like to leave us a comment about an episode or something you agree with or disagree with, don't forget to just smash that button leave us a message. Excellent. So now's the point where the music I selected to ride us off into the sunset will slowly fade away. 